friends, and welcome to the latest Kings of Anglia podcast coming to you on a Friday. Lots to discuss today. I'm your host as ever, Mark Heath, and with me, I'm pleased to say, the two guys in the know, um, Dr. Stuart Watson will come to first this week. Stewie, you've been off. How are you? Very well. I'm very good. How was, Corn- how was Cornwall? It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite crowded down there at the moment as everyone uh, changes their holiday plans this summer, but um, it was good. Thank you. Was it hell on earth? Because, I mean, technically, obviously, your wife is a local, so, and I imagine that locals like to moan about tourists. So was it hellacious? Uh, we didn't go to the, the busy spots, to be honest, Duke. Uh, as you say, when you've got a bit of local knowledge, you know you know some quieter ends of beaches to go and stuff. So it was all right. It was nice. Thank you. Outstanding. Pleased to have you back with us, of course. And Hutch Hogan, Andy Warren, the man who is always here. How are you, my friend? Always here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. New location this week. My wife's on nights. So she is asleep in the room next to my usual home studio. So I'm currently lounged out on the sofa with my uh, microphone in front of me. So very casual approach. I like it. What, um, just to enable us to complete the full picture, what, what are you wearing? Uh, a, pair of ath- a pair of athletic Bilbao shorts. Yeah. And uh, Golden State Warriors uh, basketball T-shirt. Nice. Not a vest. Not, no. Not, not no. warm enough for a vest. No, standard T-shirt. The weather's been much better this week. Much, this much, is more, this is more suited to you, isn't it? Yeah, much, much better. Although I can see a little bit of naughty blue sky poking through the through the grey at the moment, which could can do one. There's, there's bare thunderstorms coming, I think, later on. Yes, please. Anyway, uh, this isn't the Weather Channel. This is the Kings of Anglia podcast, and there's lots to discuss. Um, indeed, boys, we were meant to do this podcast about an hour ago, uh, and then you both went AWOL. Um, leaving me to to send a couple of messages on on WhatsApp inquiring what was going on. And it turns out there was some breaking news you're dealing with, uh, which is great. So let's start with that. Flynn Downs, Crystal Palace have come back in. We know the KOA negotiating tactics. Balls have gone on the table. Steve Parrish and Roy Hodgson come in, lobbed them on the Portman Road uh, boardroom table and, and, lo- and put in another bid. And Town, though, have told them where to go. Stuart Watson, tell us all about it. First of all, thanks for putting the image of Roy Hodgson's <laughs> testicles in my mind. You'd have to, the I imagine they hang quite low, so he's probably got to give them quite a significant lift to get him on a table. Anyway. Shock tactics. You just say, all right, I'll take two million points. <laughs> get out of here, Roy. Um, take your aged balls with you. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, a second bid from, from Palace for Downs. Um, I think Andy did a story earlier in the summer about about the first bid um, being way off of Ipswich's valuation. Palace are kind of thinking around the two million part two million pound mark might get it done. Ipswich are saying no chance. They've, they've, they're thinking at least eight million pounds in in their minds. So we've had these sagas before in the past. The two clubs are, are miles apart in terms of valuation, but whether they sort of slowly edge towards some sort of middle ground before the, the window shuts in October, we shall see. Mm. Uh, uh, off the back of that, obviously, this morning, um, we ran a, an interview with Flynn himself, um, which he carried out with with Radio Suffolk, and we also got the uh, the words for, um, in which Flynn basically said that he, he hopes he's not going anywhere. Um, Hutchie, that was, that was an interesting interview, wasn't it? Um, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> You've not read it. Um, I'll... <laughs> <laughs> I I fully expect that it was really good, uh, yeah. but no, I have I have not, I've not read it. I've read I, I've read the quotes from the beginning of it, and yeah, he says he's not going anywhere. Hopefully, I'll still be here. Um, yeah. I'm not sure whether I'm I'd be happy to accept. Hopefully, uh, for a League One footballer saying that he hopes he's still in League One rather than in the Premier League. Yeah. Um. But. But yes, he he uh, he said he hopes he's still here. The, the but... full quote for those that haven't read it is uh, asked if he expects to be an Ipswich player this season. Yeah, hopefully we'll see. You can never say for sure, but hopefully I will be. I've heard little, little bits and bobs, but I'm just focusing on the football. That's all I can say, really. So mm. it, it's hardly a um, full out, no, I'm here to stay type vibe, is it? But... Um, that's understandable. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, at some point, someone as good as Finn Downs is going to depart. Um, it's just how much time can get through and how long they can keep him for. 
Um, just just looking at the some of the reaction um, to that story, Steve Lewis says uh, interesting in terms of valuation. The fact with League One holds that back. Palace have just spent up to nineteen point five million for Easy <laughs> Ezzy after two full championship seasons. They offer a million for Downs with thirty nine championship appearances. Um, ITFC Blue Line says two million, nothing less than eight, please. But Kevin Huckfield replies and says no chance for a League One midfield player. The record is is five, isn't it, for Deli Alley and um, Fabian Delph, something like that. For midfielders, yeah, yeah, um, which is which is where I've, you know, the, around the four million pound mark <clears throat> is kind of where I've had him pegged. And it, Stu was talking there about potentially meeting in the middle between two and eight. Hmm. Oh, wouldn't wouldn't shock me if if it if it got to the four mark that then you start thinking about actually something getting done there. Yeah. Brian Curl says, I think it's inevitable Flynn will leave sooner or later. That could explain why Lambert has yet to trim the oversubscribed midfield. Josh Bryan says, not sure what's worth the two million offer or us valuing at four million. Our club is fooked. Um, so basically the, 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 the reaction is essentially that um, Flynn Downs is worth much more money. Um which brings us on, I guess, boys, in terms of the, the Flynn Downs thing. We can talk about the game from, from Tuesday, in which Flynn, I thought, was outstanding. He looked way too good for, for League One. And at times, I thought he was probably the, the best player on the pitch. Um, should we just go over your, your thoughts from West Ham? And obviously, we've got a, a lot of other stuff to talk about, some of it arising from, from that game. But, you know, the first half was, was pretty promising, wasn't it? From an attacking attacking sense, yeah, there was, there was promise there. They... I think everyone can agree that we we like the look of that of that <clears throat> midfield with with Flynn um, and Teddy Bishop ahead of Andre Dazelle. We all like <clears throat> the look of we all like the look of that. Um, but if you cast your mind back to the last time West Ham visited, we like the the midfield of Dazelle, Nidham, and Downs, and they've never played together. So <laughs> yeah. we'll, uh, we will we uh, will I'll believe it when I see it. But I think there's a lot more chance of this three being grouped together uh, in a competitive game than than was at that stage. So that was that was the best thing for me, watching the, the blend in there. It's all about the blend, especially in a midfield three. You've got to have three players that complement each other and, and those three all bring different things to the table um, and hopefully they can do it competitively. My one, my one doubt is we know from an attacking and creativity, passing sense in possession that Andre Dazelle can play that deeper role Mm. in competitive league football that role is going to have a little bit more responsibility on its shoulders in terms of the defensive side of the game than than you would than you would see in any pre-season friendly so that'll be a test that he has to overcome but I'd like to see him try Mm. yeah I thought they they looked tremendous the three of them all playing together Bishop very lively and, and Dazelle Impressive as well, Stewie. What, what did you make of uh, of everything on Tuesday? Same, same, really. Lots of the, the main positives came from that first <clears> half and that that midfield three who were given the the opening hour, the best part of. I thought it was very noticeable when the triple substitution came in the second half, and Nolan Hughes and Judge came on for for the three young lads. That it ju- it just slows everything down for, for me. I think. Um, Okay, Hughes, Hughes, Hughes had a really good run for for the goal, a driving run, and that was that was nice to see because we haven't seen that for some time. But I just think players like Judge and Nolan slow it down a little bit as they take yeah. the touch, they move it sideways, they turn back. Whereas the, the thing I liked about Dazelle and, and Downs and Bishop is that they kind of play forwards and they play quickly. Um, There's running with the ball there, isn't there? They they could Downs and Bishop especially can run with the ball, and that that's yeah. what I think's missing from midfield, Stu. That's mm. that's what I like. Bishop especially, I think, has looked tremendous thus far in terms of running with the ball in pre season. He's been he's been really lively and creative. Um, shall we shall we get the uh, <clears throat> the inevitable Aaron Dryden conversation out of the way before we move on to the other things as well? Um, obviously, he started again, third straight start in pre season for the boy, and looked bright early. Had a couple of opportunities, but then kind of faded. Um, and obviously, we've had the, the quotes from the air boss saying they're they're monitoring the situation. Um, it's not going to happen for Drizzy, is it, boys? He's gonna he's gonna leave. Are you going to be all right with that? I think 
I think that the as we've kind of said off air, the, the, the uncomfortable truth that I'm going to have to deal with is he's just not quite good enough at this level. He is definitely a professional footballer in there somewhere, and I'm sure he can go off and have a have a successful professional career in Scotland or, or wherever. But for town, I just don't think it's going to click. But I, you know, I'll always have this summer. He, he's played three preseason games. He scored two, and hopefully before he departs. We might see him in the cup or trophy, though. Hotchie, you're saying you think that's unlikely now. I I just think the uh, the first trophy game is in September. Um, I think the likes of Hawkins and Norwood are still going to need minutes, possibly even Jackson, who uh, we gather's got a bit of a knock as well. That they need minutes. I I, I think I think those minutes are going to go to the senior men. And then the next trophy game isn't until the start of October. And by that point, if you're going to get him out on loan, it's getting towards the point where you'd want that to be to be done. Yeah. Um, so I don't know about you, Stu, but they might keep hold of him for September just to, as an extra body in case there's you know September could be a very busy month if they were to um, don't laugh here win a league cup game. Um, <laughs> And Good one, Stu. <laughs> quite a few fixtures, so they they might keep them about as a bit of a body, especially that there's a few little injury doubts hanging over the the strikers. But um, ultimately, by the time the window shuts, I, I think he'll be out the building. Mark, sorry. Okay. Well, as I say, we'll always I'll always have this summer. Um, and what a summer! What, what a, a summer! The, the golden summer of 2020 with Aaron Dryden. Um, I'll have his shirt framed, hopefully in time for. And we should mention this, of course, Kings of Anglia live too the podcast coming at you virtually from our respective homes. Uh, Wednesday, September 9th, 7pm. Sign up. Uh, if you look on our, our social media, especially Twitter, you sign up on the Zoom link to actually interact with us on the night, or you can just watch passively if you're, if you're too scared to speak to the likes of Stewie and Andy um, on Facebook. So get involved in that. September 9th, 7pm. Going to be tremendous. Boys, before we move on from West Ham uh, and obviously post Drizzy, we have to talk about the absolute shambles that was happening at the back. Um, Lambert is obviously wed to this idea of playing out from the back, but my goodness, at times it was it was incredibly nervy viewing, and obviously there was one horrendous rick which led to a goal. So, Hutchie, um, what's your thoughts on the whole the whole kind of playing out from the back, and have Town got the players to, to do that? No. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't think so. I. It's a lovely style of football to watch. Um, however, there for me there has to be there has to be a happy medium between between getting the ball down and playing, mm. and sort of playing your centre backs into into corners into holes where they're going to struggle to get out of the the ultimate the ultimate goal is to get the ball into the feet of Andre Dazel. Uh, essentially, or one of the or his equivalent in midfield, more, the more creative players. For me, there has to be a happy medium between goal a goalkeeper goalkeepers who aren't especially comfortable doing it, centre backs who aren't especially comfortable doing it. It's just not. It's not for me. The risks outweigh the reward. For me, for me, there. Um, I don't want to sound like yes, we, we've been urging. We've been urging. Lambert to find a style, a system, a way of playing, an identity, and and all of that, and, and that's still the case. I, it's still really important, and in some ways, it's good to see that he's he is doing that. Um, I maybe it just sounds a bit picky to be like, yeah, yeah, we want him to do that, but not this way. But I think there's a happy medium to be found there in, in messing messing about with the ball at the back is only going to end in disaster. I can't. Can't remember the last time when Ipswich going to play the length of the pitch, starting from the feet of the goalkeeper into centre backs. The chances of playing an entire attack starting from the feet of your goalkeeper, playing the length of the pitch and scoring a goal, are just not. Mm. I'm just not convinced the risk is is worth the the chance of a reward a reward at the end of it. I mean, there were there were more than a few nervy moments. Uh, a lot of the time, I was kind of watching with gritted teeth, thinking, "Oh God!" And then, obviously, there was the horrendous Chambers rip, which we'll come on to in a minute. But, but, Stewie, what, what's your thoughts on the old playing out from the back tactic? Um, a bit like Andy's just said, seems a bit churlish to kind of 
say we want a style, but no, not not that. It's a bit too risky. But does it have to be every time? It seems like it was. It, it just seems a bit too enforced at the moment. Yeah. The players yeah. are not comfortable doing it. We've, we've had the two high-profile errors now. Cornell at Spurs giving it straight to to uh, Ali. And now, obviously, the, the Chambers error in which keepers played out to Nolan sideways to Chambers. He gets in a bit of a muddle, turns back inside and wasn't really aware of the danger behind him. Um, that aside, I would say a lot of the... <laughs> the nervy moments in defence weren't confined to the playing out of the back thing. Yeah. They were just general nervy moments. There was players sort of colliding with each other in the box. That ha- Teammates, that happened more than once. Mm. Um, I think of Toto sort of slicing one a little bit up in the air and getting away with that. Uh, Danassian had a, a really sort of nervy header behind. I think that that came from, from a corner. He had a couple of attempts at that. So... If I'm being generous, I would put a lot of that down to sort of ring rust after five plus months off. They're playing against good opposition that are, that are uh, intelligent enough to know to go and press high, that are good players. I mean, Haller's a £50 million player near enough, for goodness mm. sake. Anderson as well, others in there too. Premier League only finished a month or so ago. So I think if you take into account all of those factors... I still came away from those two games with with more positives than ne- than negatives. Mm. Just about, I think. Mm. I think the, the sad the sad truth is that Ipswich Town's competitive level is closer to the games at Colchester than it is to playing West Ham and Tottenham, isn't it? So, yeah. so. And you look at those Colchester games, and they were absolutely fine defensively. A few, a few silly passes aside, and a couple of moments where they got caught out, but there wasn't anything in those games that made me suddenly think that this defence is just going to be leaky and be open. Mm. And the, the sad truth is that that is closer to to the competitive level that Town are playing at now than than playing against what were some really quite strong Tottenham and, and West Ham sides. So the, the defence isn't my primary concern at the moment. I've said that I think they could could have done with an extra centre-back and I've got my reservations about their ability to play out of the back. But I don't, I don't think you need an amazing defence to get promoted or to be in the mix in this league. You know, they, defensively, they were OK last season. Midfield-wise, plenty of options. My... My bigger concern is that they fall back into this habit of lots of pretty patterns of play in midfield, but with no sort of cutting yeah. edge or, or end product to it. And, you know, we haven't seen Norwood back yet. We haven't seen anything of Hawkins yet. So it's hard to sort of judge too much. But I just worry that you need a goal threat, a spark, a bit of X factor from those wide positions in the four-three-three. I'm hopeful that Lancaster will, will do that, but it's a big ask on a boy that's just missed a, a whole season. Sears, of having seen him back in action, slight reservations that he's going to go back to being that sort of huff and puff wide man that, that perhaps hasn't quite got the belief to go beyond a man and do something. Gwion Edwards, he's looked quite sharp since he's he's come back. Hopeful that he can kind of rediscover his early form, but that that's my concern is that they fall back into this, knock it about quite quite nicely, but don't quite kill teams off, and and then that puts the pressure on the defence, and that's mm. that's been yeah. a cycle for a little while now. Yeah, in in terms of defence, they've they've upgraded. I think they've probably upgraded defensively at least at left back, haven't they? Are we going to? Yeah, we're probably happy that they've, in terms of what got Luke Garber offered, they've they've probably got a more solid defender there, and. We haven't seen James Wilson yet, who he's not everybody's cup of tea. He's not a Rolls Royce of a defender, but he's he's nothing but solid. He's he's a solid player. Um, he's a, he's an ingredient that I think could could have a say on on that back four and and push others. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not overly worried about it. We haven't talked. We haven't gone into the Chambers chat yet, which I'm sure we're going to, but. Again, on that front, I'm not. 
Can I lead us into it, Mark? Am I okay? Well, to... yeah. I mean, do you, is there any other notes from West Ham before we get into the, the Chambers? Because obviously Chambers is something we have to talk about. But any anything else to mention in terms of kind of being impressed with players or anything like that before we move on? The goal was nice, wasn't it? That was beautiful, yeah. Um, fantastic work from Hughes and a, and a really nice finish, I thought, from Freddie as well. Um, Stu, any other thoughts before we, d- we no, dive? No, I think that's a good segue. I think we've covered the, the majority of the, the positives and, and the negatives from the game. And yeah, I guess that leads into the, the Chambers chat. Um, Let's the do first, Chambers the first then. The thing I would say is we're going to probably spend a, a reasonable amount of time talking about Luke Chambers' error mm. here. Um, overlooking that perhaps Thomas Holy's error was was equally as bad for the for the third goal. I, I can't I quite think so. work out why he's just withdrawn his arm as a cross has come over the top of him. He's, I, I don't know, he's, Lambert talked about him losing his bearings, but that, that was a pretty pretty basic mistake from the goalkeeper as well. And this is perhaps where players' status amongst fans comes into it a little bit. You know, Thomas is, is well-loved by, by the fan base, but um, that, that was sort of worrying as well. And there was a few sort of communication breakdowns as well, which I think the goalkeeper should always be at the heart of kind of uh, leading that communication at the back as well. So that shouldn't right. be overlooked. But um, obviously the, the nature of the fourth goal will kind of get, get the most attention. Mm. Well, by way of kicking it off, Hutchie, you used a great term um, off air before we, we started recording for, to describe pre-season, um, which is a, you know, a valid argument. So do you, want, do you want to talk about the Chambers thing and, and, and what you referred to pre-season as? I've forgotten. I've forgotten what it was. It was something about overreactions. I've forgotten the phrase that I actually you said, used. You said the land of overreaction. It is the it is the land of overreactions. But um, <laughs> because pretty much in every preseason game, the sides are there's a mismatch in the level of the two teams. Uh, there are players at different stages of fitness. Managers are trying things. New mm. signings are bedding in. So there's there's so many caveats uh, to things and. I, I, look, the Luke, the Luke Chambers thing was, is what it is, isn't it? Lambert said it afterwards. He'll know that it's horrific. Um, as much as any anybody watching that could see, it was horrific. But it, it's the it's the product of what he's being asked to do. As much as as much as anything, I don't. He obviously turned into trouble, um, mm. and was pickpocketed. I don't think he was overly helped by. I don't think. I think. I, Sebastian Haller was, he was just standing on his own. There were two, he was pickpocketed by Dean Garner, I think it was. And then Haller was there as well with nobody else around. Holy was slightly bizarrely placed, probably waiting for another pass back to him, which would have given me a heart attack if that pass had actually been played. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm certainly not going to sit here and write off Luke Chambers' career based on that one game. Um, yeah. He had a few other moments in the game as well. There were a couple of balls that just drifted over his head. Haller got away from him for the first goal at the near post. Chambers Chambers was the man that got beaten to that. But like mm. you said earlier, this is a forty-five million pound football player mm. against against a, a thirty-five-year-old warhorse who's had better better the best days are behind him. So mm. we. <laughs> You can't dispute that the best days of Luke Chambers are behind him, but I think he's still a serviceable League One player. And if he didn't have, and if he didn't have the armband on him, that would be that would be acceptable. Mm. But he has, and so in in some cases, it, it then isn't acceptable that he's a serviceable League One footballer. Mm. I mean, obviously, we have to this this conversation, this debate rears its head all the time, and inevitably, it was going to come about after after that again. And we've had a load of of reaction, which I'll get to in a minute. We ran a poll uh, yesterday, just asking if Luke Chambers should still be starting, uh, and I think it was sixty eight percent no. Um, I mean, Chambers is a lightning rod for comment. It seems impossible just to kind of sit on the fence with Chambers. You either love the guy because he's bleeds blue and white and he's it's just town through and through and he's a good captain he's a great leader or you kind of loathe the guy because you're concerned about his liability him being a liability on the pitch or that he has too much power um at town which i think is probably a valid argument um so i, I sorry Steve, carol people often sort of 
perhaps unfairly use him as the as byword for the club's sort of stagnation because he's kind of been here throughout this period. Him and Scoo's kind of get lumped in together, which perhaps there's a debate there. I think that's probably oversimplifying it a little bit to use that sort of often overused phrase. You know, it is what it is. They, you know, him, as Andy said, they're, they're at the stages of the career they're at. They've, you've just got to decide whether how much of a, a role they have to play at this current juncture for Ipswich Town at the moment. And then it's yeah. about weighing up the alternatives. And in Cole Scoose's case, there are now some genuine alternatives emerging, as we've seen with, with Dezel playing that deeper role. Yeah. But with Chambers, it really comes down to is there what better options are there? If you if you then looked at the five centre backs available, what what are the alternatives at the moment? Yeah. Um, That's that is, that is that is kind of my thought as well. If I if I tell you how, how I think about it, I I think I've said it before on here. I think James is probably more part of the problem than he is the solution at Town, given his age and and the fact he he definitely has too much power um, and too much influence there. But you know he is clearly a good guy. He's clearly a good leader. But as you say, Stu, I can't see that he's not still one of the best two centre backs at Town. I don't know who you'd you bring. Wilson obviously is is the the argument that most people are making and. On that poll that we ran, people I asked who's the second best centre back at, at town behind Wolfenden, and Wilson won that ahead of well, ahead of what Chambers. I will say about the Wolfenden thing, and this might lead us into <laughs> another part of the conversation in the minute, is that I think I'm I'm a huge fan of of Luke Wolfenden, and I think he could go a long, long way in the game. But a, a bit like people getting carried away with how much Flynn Downs is is worth, and maybe mm. getting a bit blinkered to the the bigger picture of Ipswich being a mid-table side in League One. Luke Wolfenden had an encouraging season last year, but he has still got a long way to go with his development. And mm. again, perhaps people are were a little bit blinded to this because he was a homegrown player and the type of player he is. But he his levels dropped off in the second half of last season, no doubt about it. And he'll have had as many mistakes as Luke Chambers did last season, but they perhaps mm. don't get picked up on as much. And for that reason, as much as I, as much as the idea behind Andaba and Wolfenden playing, both playing centre-back and being these ball-playing centre-backs with a left-right balance is, is really nice in principle. I just wonder if there needs to still be an experienced head alongside. Mm. alongside oh, Absolutely. Him. Absolutely, Luke. Luke Wolfenden's not ready to be the the uh, the senior senior figure of a centre half partnership at twenty one, is he? I don't, I don't think age comes into it. You you know you get leaders at whatever age. Um, but he's but he he's not a leader. No, into, it, it, forgetting his age, his character is as we know very very laid back, um, and just the nature of of League One, you need one of those hardened centre-backs on those days where you come up against a team like Rotherham or Wickham or someone like that, you know, you can't have two sort of fancy Dan centre-halves. Wolfenden's been very clear. I don't want to go and head the back of strikers' heads and break my nose and I want to play. And that's fine. You know, you've got to have, we talked, we used that sort of Peter Crouch analogy about, um, what is it, gazelles and... Water buffalo or... Buff, yeah, yeah, girls and Buffalo, and I think you have got to have a bit of a, a blend of both, and ideally you have players that can do a bit of both of that. But in League One, you ain't going to get that. So, um, for me, Chambers just about still has, has to be in there. You know, if it's a mm. good choice between him, Enciala, or Wilson, I'd probably still be taking Chambers. I think he's less of a liability than than Toto, to be honest. Mm. Let's um let's take some some thoughts from the KOA army and then Hutchie, you can wrap this section up with your final thoughts on Chambers if you don't mind. Sindre yep. Eliasson, our, our Danish Viking friend, has just um, DM'd me and said if people honestly believe that sticking two nonchalant and defensively naive players together will all work out, he says in in Darber and Wolf that they have nothing more to say. Watch the goals against Spurs and imagine if Chambers was in Wolfenden's shoes, that would be turmoil. Ask Wolfie who he'd like to partner. And I think the answer would be Chambo 100 days a week, which he says is a Norwegian expression. <laughs> um, 
We had loads of loads of response, so I'll just pick out a few. Nigel G, friend of the show, says, um, I felt for a while that Chambers shouldn't be starting. I can't complain about the passion and commitment, but he makes far too many mistakes. Wolfie, good, but Toto and Wilson, not great. And Ndaba needs more game time, so we'd need to buy someone. But who, with the current salary cap? Christian Davis says, the problem is replacements in Wilson and Siala aren't good enough. Chambers should be eased out but we need a decent alternative first. I can see Wolfie and Chambers starting the new league campaign as first-choice centre-backs. Andy Q says, it's a tragic thing. I love him, but he's a liability. But who else have we got to replace him and improve on that's even some way proven? Dave Gore, he's making mistakes, yes, but Wolfie makes mistakes too, as does Toto. Chambers and Totos do tend to lead to goals. However, Wilson isn't fit and Ndaba hasn't played a competitive match. Players aren't coming through demanding Chambers starting place off him. Old friend Jason Milton, fan of the badge, says, I'd rather the mistakes of youth over what we're currently witnessing. In terms of captaincy, I've never seen the on-field organisation of a typical captain, but then Mick and Lambert do like to coach from the sidelines. Glory Day's artwork, I can't see anyone new coming in with the salary cap and Ndaba lacks experience. Chambers is still our best option alongside Wolfenden, so let's get behind him. George says, again, on, on, on the theme, Chambers is first choice because no one has come to take the shirt off him other than Wolfenden. So until Wilson, Enciada and Darba up their game or a better defender comes in, Chambers will be first choice. And just finally, a couple more. Um, James McCallum says, I love the guy, but unfortunately his time is up being first choice. Teams will prey on his weakness, especially when it's Lambert to enforce a play out from the back philosophy. I don't know whether Ward could play centre-back. Having said that, uh, Ken Locke doesn't fill me with too much confidence. At left back, um, so Hutchie, wrap this up nicely. What 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 is your final word, if you like, on on the Chambers scenario? I think I think I'd probably agree with Stu that just just the best the best centre back partnership at Ipswich is still Luke Chambers and Luke Wolfenden. Um, hmm. Do you know the one thing that lacks pace? Like... But James Wilson is rapid. That's what I was going to come on to. I he's he's quicker than. I think he's ever really shown. Um, I would, I would, I would have been very interested to see what happened this summer if he had been fit um, throughout and had got game time, um, because I think there's a real possibility that he could push, push Chambers for a starting spot if, if really, if fit. Um, yeah, and the fact that you've got Stephen Ward in the building now means that it's not as big a, a deal kind of losing your, your captain because I think they were, I think that was a big part of getting Ward in that you've got your ready-made captain if you've got it in the back of your mind that maybe this is the season where you need to start phasing Luke out that you, you needed another captain in there. So we'll see. But mm. someone someone needs to take that away from him. Someone needs to take that shirt away from him now because like so many of those points just said, there's... Uh, Plenty of centre backs have come and gone without being able to displace him, and that's for a reason. Mm. He's yes, he's not the player he was five years ago, but he's still beaten out all of those all of those other contenders for his shirt. So it maybe says more about the club and the rest of the defenders that have been here than it does about Luke Chambers, really, because. If he's really been that bad, and I don't think he has, I, I wouldn't. I don't think he's a liability. I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't use that word to describe him at all. No. Um, but if if he's really been that bad, someone would have taken him, taken his place by now. Mm. Um, so for me, if it was me picking it, I'd, I'd have a back four of Vincent Young, Chambers, Wolfenden, and, and Ward to start the season until. Until I'm convinced otherwise, really, and I'm yeah. certainly not going to write Luke Chambers off on the on the strength of a, anything really in preseason. Um, yeah, competitive think, stuff, please. I think I'd be inclined to agree with you both. I think there is no obvious replacement. Someone who is is champ, uh, biting his heels to take the shirt. Um, and until that happens, I, I still think he's probably the, the second best centre back at the club. Just by way of an outro, a few more a few more thoughts from the Kings of Anglia Army. Um, Big John Watson. Northern Battalion leader of the KOA Army up in Doncaster. Says Chambers keeps the shirt until someone takes it. Let's bring in one quality centre-back, aged 26 to 28-ish, to be the next key pin, hopefully alongside Wolfie, with Chambers and Darbra and Wilson as backup. Martin Dye, 
I still think he's he's a starter, but only because I can't see anyone pushing their case to replace him. And Darber has done well in a couple of games, but there must have been a reason why he wasn't involved at all last season. Mild ran over. And finally, Connor Hume makes a good point. He says, it's refreshing to see some sensible comments on Chambers for once here. If he's first choice, it's not his fault if he's not at the required standard. That's on no one else stepping up to claim the shirt. And Lambert, O'Neill and Evans for not recruiting a centre-back of the required level. If you asked a brickie to fit your boiler... Who's to blame if it goes wrong? <laughs> you you also wouldn't you wouldn't get a, the required safety certificate from doing yeah. that either, which um which you're sh- yeah you're, you're causing yourself all kinds of trouble if you get a non-certified boiler re- repair person to uh, yeah to fix your boiler. Don't do that. And if, if that's the one thing people take away from this podcast, take um, home message. Then take take that message home. You must be qualified to fit a boiler. Yeah, I'm fairly sure it invalidates your insurance in, in that scenario as well. If if your house was to explode explode in a in a fiery ball of hell, um, boys, fiery ball of hell. On to Wolfenden. Um, not the most professional of segways. I, must <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to do something incredible there because yeah, you're normally I, pretty good at this. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> I I kind of I kind of said that and then glanced out the window and thought, where am I going with this? Um, you could have talked about. Saturday's visit to Cambridge. Is yeah. that a ball of hell? <laughs> turned out it turned out I wasn't going anywhere. So I, I thought I'd best I'd best bail out. Um yeah, but obviously what uh, we've just been speaking about Chambers, his partner Luke Wolfenden at the Centre of Defence, as it stands, uh, has also been the subject of, of some discussion this week. And indeed, Sue, you wrote a story yesterday, which is currently the second most read story of the month for us, about Lambo's comments about Wolfenden post West Ham game. Um do you want to kick us off on this conversation, Stewie? You you say there's been a lot of chat about who partners Wolfenden on the opening mm. day. That seems to be the conversation. I'm not convinced it's that clear cut, you know. Um, the the comments from from Lambert took me by surprise. I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't really clock them at the time. He was asked about playing out from the back and have you got the centre-backs capable of doing it? And he talked about, he, there was a lot of praise for Toto Enciala, thought, thought he'd been excellent during pre-season, talked about James Wilson obviously having been injured. Um, Corey and Darbo was kind of praised, but with a little bit of, um, you know, he's a young kid, he's still got, you know, he needs to do it in front of crowds. And I, I just sense there's a bit of reservation on, on Lambert's part about him. And then all of a sudden, he just sort of met a throwaway line and Wolfenden's got to, Wolfenden's got to get himself going. He's got to start to perform. And, and then the conversation moved on. And it was only when I listened back to it that I kind of really picked up on it and Wolfenden hadn't played at all on Tuesday so I don't know I, from, from what I gather the, the comments took Luke by surprise um, he he tweeted a, a sort of a confused gif and then that was kind of taken down um, afterwards but from what from what I gather he he wasn't expecting it um, maybe he's the type of character that that needs certain buttons pressed and to get motivated. I did a big interview with him for the Kings of Anglia magazine back in January and he's admitted that Alan Lee, for example, was one of his youth coaches and Alan always seemed to get the best out of him because he was a bit of a tough love type character and by his own admission, he can probably get a bit too laid back sometimes and needs that. So maybe we need to give Lambert some credit here. We don't know the full story behind the scenes. Maybe he feels that that's what's needed. You know, a few of the listeners mentioned about, you know, Wolfenden sort of ambling back as the the goal sort of went in. The, was it the first or the second goal with the, with the mess up at the back? You know, you wonder whether that could have been stopped on the line. He's got the new contract. He's been given the number six shirt. He's had Sheffield United links. He's had fans blowing smoke up his backside for the last six months. Maybe, just maybe. They feel that he, he just needs a, a little bit of um, just grounding. I don't know. Hmm. What are you saying, Hutchie? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I think that could well be the case. Um, I would hope that that message, if it needs to get through, gets through and it doesn't get as far as Ipswich leaving their best central defender out uh, at the start of the competitive season and causing themselves some 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 bother there because I think he is their best central defender. So you'd hope that, that that is an issue that can be resolved 
as part of this week weekend's friendly at, at Cambridge and you start to see Lambert starts to see what he wants from Wolfenden because I think it's it's a slippery slope when you start leaving players who you genu- genuinely consider to be your best in a position start start leaving them out. Um, he'll start on Saturday. Lambert said that he'll start on Saturday against Cambridge, so we'll, we'll see. Well, there we go on the pitch. Mm. Um, you just wonder whether those conversations need to start off privately um, before being sort of chucked into a, a public forum. It sounds like the player wasn't aware of this issue. You'd think the first port of call would be to have that conversation privately, and then if you don't think it's getting a response, that's when you that's when you chuck it into post-match press conferences. So. I don't know. Lambert seems to be going for the sort of the, the tough love route at the moment. Um, Go on, Stu. Go on. Segway, segway. Oh, segway, segway, which will bring us on to the, the squad photo thing in a minute. Yes, but, nice. I mean, we, we talked in previous pods about whether I've talked about Lambert being himself and not being sort of contrived with this, you know, desperate. He came in and, you know, PR pool and buying pints and trying to get everybody on side and all the rotation was kind of based around keeping a large squad happy this summer. I wonder whether if part of the big post-mortem of last season, he's decided to kind of go back to his natural personality, which is tough love. You know, when when he first arrived at Ipswich, I was told that he had a reputation for bombing people out. He, he had mm. no fear at all. If, if he's decided that you're not, you're not part of it, you're training with the kids and you're, you know, He's not interested, and and maybe a bit of that Paul Lambert is uh, is starting to come back this summer. Hmm. Shall we segue on then, uh, Stewie, to that story you alluded to? Um, our most read story online currently today. We've talked about Lambo potentially trying to ground Wolfenden, get his feet back on the ground, uh, and potentially he's doing that with a couple more of the of the talented young players at town. You wrote the story. Do you just want to explain what the story is, and then we then we can talk about it. Team picture. Team team picture was taken. Yesterday, Thursday, um, team trained at Playford Road and they all headed over to, to Portman Road afterwards to get the official uh, squad photo done and the headshots and everything that get used in media. Um, five of the young lads, El Mazzuni, Dobra, Ndaba, Drynan and McGavin were were all told, essentially, you're, you're not required. So um, they weren't involved in that socially distanced uh, squad photo um, mm. where they all spelled out the letters NHS so um, I, I guess the surprising omissions, most surprising omissions there would, would be uh, El Mizzouni and Dobra mm. So what what I mean I'm just looking at the, at the story now Stuart you've had a, a huge response to it on Twitter 63 comments and counting um, and most people saying it's terrible man management from, from Lambert there, what, what's your take on it Hutchie? Um, I, if you've if you've invited people down there and then told them actually nah you're all right mm. that's 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 not great but I I would be amazed if that's what happened were they not having their like individual headshots taken as well I believe so yeah um, so you know they they were required to be at the stadium so but but. To not have Dobra and El Mazzuni in the team in the team photo, I don't know. I get the tough love thing, but I don't know. It's not for me. It's not mm. for me. Um, does, does it does it even work that kind of approach in, in, in today's know. modern modern game? I mean, obviously, back in the day, you used to have ranters and ravers and hair hair dry treatment and all that kind of stuff. But particularly with young yeah. players nowadays, who are told they're something special from a very early age. Do you think that approach even works anymore? It's not for me. I, yeah. I, 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 I get not, I get trying to keep people's feet on the ground and that might be, you know, clearly in the case of, of Idris, there's a lot of midfield traffic. It may well be that he's not, he's not going to be making the impact that he would want to be making. Cause you've got judge Bishop, Nolan, just three players there that are kind of similar kind of role, but to not, it just seems petty to me to not have these players who, who you've used in your first team and have been around your first team quite a lot to not have them in a photo 
as much as it's as much as it tough i get i get the tough love thing it just it it seems petty to me i get the boys in the photo Hmm. i don't know everyone everyone has different buttons that they need pressing don't they the carrot and the stick thing in any walk of life and that's where a, a good manager kind of works out what does it for them um They want to play games. Uh, I know for a fact that, that Idris and Armando have had have had a taste of it now. They believe in their ability. I think you know being left out of the picture wouldn't isn't isn't the problem here. It's the fact that if they feel that they've kind of been promised something or something's been alluded to heavily over the last few months that we're going to go with youth and. The COVID stuff's going to force us even further down that route with the salary cap and it's all going to be based around youth and you've got the owner coming to the training ground really stressing that that's part of the five-point plan and everything. Mm. I think then if out of the blue you're suddenly then told you're not in the squad picture and you're not with the squad at Cambridge on, on Saturday, I think the effect of that is going to be more deflating than motivating, I would imagine, at this at this stage of proceedings. Hmm. Let's, let me just read a few of the responses to you, Stu, and then we'll, we'll move on because there's other stuff still still to discuss. So much to talk about today, boys. Um, the Pin, our old friend, says, what happens next? Lambert loses the first few games. Fans go nuts on Twitter, and rightfully so, before he loses it with the local media drawing a press conference, and then he will be sacked. Good riddance. Um, Jason says, cue a tsunami of hostility towards Lambert from those with no insight as to why he took this approach. On the face of it, in light of the five-point plan, it's hugely inflammatory. Hopefully, Lambert can recognise these days he'll need to communicate such decisions with a confused fan base. FPL Tractor says, as well as interesting man management, this is a reminder that our squad is way too big. These guys should feel there are a few good EFL trophy under-23 sub-appearances away from the team. In fact, they're around 30th choice in the squad. Uh, And someone else here, Elder Grizzly, says, um, appalling man management. Are we back? in Roy Keane territory. Time will tell. I think um, that's a good point about the size of the squad. Yeah. Um, that is a, that is a good point. Um, you've still, despite having sort of, I think Drynan and Darber and McGavin, I think we could we can accept that they, they weren't given squad numbers. Um, they're, they're very much on the fringes of it. Dobra, El Mazzuni, slightly different cases. We expect them, expected them to be in and around it. If you're still able to spell out the letters NHS in an aerial photograph with kind of pieces to spare, mm. um, you probably have got too many players. Would be would be my it, judge of it. It's it's a strange test, but um, an accurate one maybe in this in these in these new times. Um, the, the squad's too big. The squad yeah. is too big. Of course it is, and um, they need to get people out the building because I think if you if you're carrying too many people who are walking around with frowns on their faces then that can kind of permeate through the rest of the squad um and I guess Dobra and El Mazzuni in particular have to look at Downs and Wolfenden as examples who, who went away to to Luton and to Swindon and came back better players for the experience and mm. um for me, if it's more beneficial for them to go somewhere and, and play men's football week in, week out this season and be all the readier for it a year down the line than it is for them to get a handful of sub-appearances here and there and get parachuted in for, for the odd game. And, you know, Idris has had a taste of that. Yeah. Let's take a couple more thoughts before we... Um... We move on to other stuff, um, just generally from from the reaction we've had. Jack Larder, friend of the show, former resident chef, says we don't seem to be talking about Judge a lot at the moment. Is his time done after an uneventful season? P.S. Looking forward to the live pod, as we all are. So, so Judge, formerly this time last year, we talk about him being, or certainly from me, ripping up League One, and then there was obviously the unsettling QPR chat, and now it appears that he's not even first choice anymore. What, what can we say about Judge? Um, certainly hasn't got a nailed-on starter <clears throat> space as, at this stage heading into the season. Um, it looks like a kind of a straight battle between him and Bishop for that more advanced or one of the more advanced midfield roles. 
Mm. Um, we've all said that we prefer him centrally. Um, he's looked a, li- a lot more lively, I think, in the preseason games I've, I've seen so far. He came on, he produced a really nice ball over the top for Nolan towards the end against West Ham, which resulted in a, a point-blank save. Um, can Teddy Bishop play week in, week out, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday? Unlikely, isn't it, given his injury record and the fact that he, he rarely completes 90 minutes. So um, that's how I see his role. My, my slight fear is that with them being understocked on wingers, that we might end up seeing Judge kind of shunted back into one of those wide wide forward roles in a 4-3-3, which I'm not keen on. Mm. And Hutchie, one for you, Martin Lambert says, where's Hawkins? What have I missed regarding his injury? So is there... A... I don't think there is an injury there. It's... Right. Um... He's we're led to believe he's gonna be involved tomorrow, aren't we, Stu? So um hopefully hopefully get a first look at him there. But in, in he's only been at the club what's he been at the club? Two week two weeks. I I was a little surprised he maybe didn't get a few minutes at the end of the West Ham game, but it's not even two weeks, actually ten days. Mm. Um I'm slightly confused by that because it's no different to I know Stephen Warder was in a little bit earlier with, with being on trial. Cornell arrived at, at the same time. He's a goalkeeper. Does that make it that that much difference? I mean, perhaps they're taking into account that Hawkins played in in the playoff games for for Portsmouth, albeit sort of became on as a as a late sub. But uh, and they've decided that he he gets a, a longer break off the back of that. But yeah, as Andy says, I think Norwood Norwood and Hawkins half each against Cambridge tomorrow is what we're led to believe. Mm. We'll come on to Cambridge in a minute. Final question. Harvey Davis, friend of the show. Sweet Welsh Prince Harvey, who already has registered for the live pod. Good lad, Harvey. Says the question on everybody's lips is what's happening with match day catering this season? Will it still be put on by the clubs or will Stu and Andy alternate between homemade specialities? Come dine with me style. <laughs> um, my, yeah, the pastry, pastry intake is going to go down significantly over the next nine months, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, I'm quite happy about it, to be honest. I might just start taking a sandwich like a normal person does. Yeah. In life. In a, life. Little, a little pack up. Yeah, it's no problem. Superb. Boys, there's two more things we need to discuss before we take our leave. First up, the Wigan game's been moved for Sky um, onto a Sunday, which has really helped you out at home, Stewie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's my wife's birthday on on the twelfth, so that's got me out of jail on that that one. When I told her a few weeks back that the the season was starting, then after all that time off, um, twelve o'clock on on the Sunday, twelve o'clock kickoff. That that's if Wigan even exist at, at that stage. Dare I say it? And I really hope it doesn't go that way. But it's it's not looking good for them at the moment, is it? Not at all. And potentially, if we, if we can do, are still in existence and do arrive at Portman Road, they could have two ex-pound players leading their line in Will Keane and uh, and Joe Garner, Hutchie. Yeah, um, not 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 convinced they're a they're a strong partnership in the making as a as a duo, but two yeah. good players. Um, yeah, yeah. well, no, no, I'm not sure there's enough mobility there between the two of them. But um, we, we might get the chance to see. I might be wrong, but no, I'm not. If that was a starting two up front for Ipswich, I wouldn't be wouldn't be overly excited about that. But two good players in their own right. You know what you've done now, Hutchie. Q opening day, both on the score sheet. Wigan beat Town uh-huh. at Portman Road. <laughs> yeah, we shall, we shall see. We'll see. Uh, and finally this week, boys, just to discuss, obviously, the, the friendly game, um, which could not be named earlier in the week, Abbey United, I think we referred to it as, obviously, Cambridge United, uh, tomorrow, Saturday. Um, what what particularly are you, you hoping to see, looking for, from this final pre-season game, Stewie? Start with you. Well, to, to start with, starting to see the strikers integrated, the quicker they can get Norwood and Hawkins up to speed, the better. Um Let's see how this this playing out from the back thing sort of de- develops as well. Um, again, at the minute, it's just a kind of about getting pe- people up to speed. I'd like to see the three three lads in midfield all again 
on the pitch at the same time. I think that's something I'd like to see develop. I'm a big fan of Dazelle playing in this kind of deeper quarterback pivot type type role. And I, I think he's been really hardly done by in recent years in that after such a long time out, yes, he's there's you can't say that he's taken his chances when they've come along, but I think it's been really hard for him to get parachuted into the team once every few months often mm. played out of position and then people go oh well you know he didn't take his chance and, and then then he has to wait again so uh, I'd like to see him get a, a, a run of games Hutchie yes what are you what are you looking for tomorrow <laughs> uh, um, I'm looking forward to seeing how many of the players that weren't there on Tuesday is your dog snoring again, by the way? Yeah, sorry. Um, I've had a studio invader. Uh, Benson has, has literally just walked his way through the door. This is one of the things that he does as a bulldog. Um, nothing can really stop him from doing what he wants to do. So he's, just, he's literally just opened the door with his face. Uh, and he's, he's currently just stood licking the wall next to me, um, which says all, all you need to know about his, uh, his brain power. Of course power. he is. Yeah. Of course he is. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, that's all right. Um, yeah, there's a, there was a lot of players that weren't there on... Tuesday for the West Ham game, Jackson, the two strikers, Norwood and Hawkins, Lancaster, Wolfenden, just Ken to see Lock. if Kenlock. Yeah, just um how many of them are back involved. What to see what pool what pool of players Lambert's really got to get a, a starting eleven together for the opening day and, and just how far along he is with that. Um mm. I, I agree with Stu, I'd like to see that midfield three. Again, I think if we see it again, that's a real indicator that it's going to be very much in consideration for the start of it. And then how the style of play differentiates is different for for Norwood and Hawkins because that'll be interesting to see to see how things are different with those two slightly different styled strikers mm. in attack. That'll be that'll be interesting to see. Of course, important to note as well, there is no live stream for tomorrow's game. So the, the only way you can really follow it is through the boys, through our match day live experience and also the various pre and post match stuff that the boys have put up online. Um, boys, is there anything else if it's town related to, to discuss of note before we uh, we move on to other stuff? Uh, no other business. No other business. Now then, both you boys have got big weeks coming up, which I want to talk about before we depart. Um Arguably, Stewie, you've got the bigger of the weeks coming up because your little girl is starting school next week, um, which I definitely want to talk about. Uh, and also, Hutchie, you're off. You've finally got some time off next week um, after the Cambridge game ahead of Bristol Rovers in the Cup because you're having a new bathroom installed. Both very exciting bits of news. Um, Stewie, how, many, how much do you think you're going to cry uh, when I start school? Um, I Yeah. I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit that I'm, I'm prone to some bouts of tears from time to time uh, yeah a movie will get to me um, <laughs> adverts that kind of thing yeah stuff like that yeah um yeah no well, I, uh, we popped into her nursery in the week just to say thanks for everything because we haven't really seen them much throughout all the covid stuff and uh yeah my wife sent me in to do that because she didn't think she could handle it emotionally and uh i wasn't a lot better to be honest so yeah really? I'll, I'll probably be in bits come wednesday and how is how is Aya about it? Is she does she know that it's coming? Is she excited? Is she going to be? Is she clingy? How how's it going to go down? Yeah, she's she seems to be excited by it. She's only had one little. <laughs> obviously, the, anyone who's got children of that age listening will know that this is, or of any age really, that this has been a, not a, an ideal sort of transitional phase for anyone moving up through schools and stuff like that. But we we hope that we've we've got her prepared and yeah. equipped for it. But. You, don't, you never know until it until it starts. So yeah, you have to take, of course, that classic picture which every parent has, and I can still locate at my parents' house of uh, in school uniform, first, first day ever at school with a little satchel um, or bag or whatever. Um, but you can you pull what, out. Do you know what colour her school uniform is going to be? It's not green and yellow, is it? It's, it's green and yellow. Oh no! Oh, that is disaster. Yeah. That is disaster. You should. I mean. Who cares if it's a good school, Stewie, to be honest? Um, you, you could have sent her somewhere else. Should have put my foot um, down, really, shouldn't I? Exactly. And Hutchie, you have got almost as exciting a week ahead because you're having a new bathroom installed, which is as exciting as it gets when you get to our age. Um, and you're having a, a very posh bath, aren't you? Some kind of Japanese upright bath. 
Uh, it's just quite a deep bath. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it was posh. No. Just uh, no. They're just um, just deep. I like a I like a deep bath so I can really get in, and get submerged. So uh, <laughs> lunchtime every day. That's cool. yeah. that has cooled down of late. Actually, that's not been that's not happened as much because my my uh, my wife's been on nights and other slightly different work shifts, which mean the chances of me getting half an hour of quiet bath time is a uh, diminished but i tell you what when i've got this new bath yeah um she's going back to work properly and i can uh i can get back involved again which would be great maybe do the live pod from the bath that'd be tremendous yeah I'm gonna, that's gonna i need to work out how i'm gonna do that to be honest because my where where i would normally record that is next door to my little girl's bedroom and it's her like that is her bedtime when we're starting it. So, oh. yeah, it's uh, doing anything in the evening is is tough. So I'm going to uh, have to have a little think about how I'm going to do it. Challenges ahead, um, which obviously yeah, is a good, very a good much segue, so. a good segue into teasing that pod. Um, I've already mentioned it, but please do sign up. the uh, The sign up link, the Zoom sign up link, is all over our <clears throat> our social media. Seven pm Wednesday, September 9th. It's basically the pre season preview show which you want everyone to be able to get involved in. Come on, talk to us, interact with us. Give us your picks for various things like player of the season. Um, the Aaron Dryden surprise package award, obviously that's the big one that will be handed out on, on the night. And also Roscoe will be back. There'll be a strike and there'll be lots of other good stuff aside. The idea is we all have a beer, obviously apart from Hutchie, I'll have a, I'll have a Diet Coke maybe. Um, we have a bit of banter and we talk about the season ahead. It's going to be tremendous. Seven o'clock Wednesday, September the 9th. And also while I'm at it, just a reminder to follow us on all the social medias, um, Kings of Anger at Twitter, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And also leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that helps us uh, greatly in the visibility in the charts. Boys, I've got a game for you to play this weekend, which I've been playing. Um, now, this, this may lower the tone, but I'm going to go with it because I think people will be interested. So, you know, obviously my background uh, in kind of fight sports and uh, my interest in that, part of that interest is weight cutting and how much water makes a difference to your weight. Um, so in the last week or so, I've been seeing what the biggest piss uh, I can do is in terms of weight. Um, so it's it's very simple. You busy weigh yourself... week, busy week, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't got kids, mate. It's brilliant. Um, so essentially, you weigh yourself beforehand, and then you weigh yourself afterwards. And I want to know if any of the KA Army can beat my record, which is two point two pounds. That's that is a liter. That is how much a liter weighs. Um, of liquid, which I managed to excrete uh, recently. So that's what I want to know. Can anyone beat 2.2 pounds of urine? <laughs> uh, there you go. Boys, what do you think about that? Yeah, uh, the, the life of a childless man that's just, just <laughs> weighing himself pre and post piss. Yeah. I'm lucky I'm li- if I can get the room to myself while I have a wee. <laughs> I'm living the dream, boys. This is the land of milk and honey over here. Um, have you, have you tried this after a... a- twos a, a, sol- a solid no because yeah. i'm more interested in in the weight cutting thing you see because when when fighters are cutting weight they water load for a yeah. period um and then essentially they stop drinking so your body flushes itself out and and as i say it's well known in in weight cutting circles a liter of water weighs 2.2 pounds and um, which i can now confirm because that, that as i say is my 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 biggest and proudest we so far um Boys, I think I should stop talking now. I think we should. I think we, I think we should go. Um, Hutchie, you've got a week off, so you're not going to be with us next week. But someone who is going to be with us is Roscoe. Um, he'll be back next week, uh, and obviously we can reflect on the Cambridge United friendly and look ahead to Bristol Rovers with him and Stewie. Boys, anything else to mention before we uh, we go? I just you, your appeal for more five star reviews. I've just had a little quick look on um, on there. We've had another one from Daniel Amakachi, which is nice. Oh yeah, in touch. Just looks like a quote from the Bible. Um, nice. Classic Daniel. Yeah. Uh, Amir Karich has been on as well. So uh, there you go. Liked by by former play, town players. Keep More them coming. Them, please. Keep them coming. Yes, please. Um, right then, boys. Let's take our leave. Thanks very much for listening. Sign up to the live pod, September the 9th, 7pm. I'm not sure I've mentioned that. Um, and we'll speak to you again next time.
time to football, Brexit to Coatesville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.